Chapter Six of the Flight of the Shadow. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Flight of the Shadow by George MacDonald. Chapter Six. I lose myself. I have one incident more to relate ere my narrative begins to flow from a quite clear memory. I was by no means a small bookworm, neither spent all my time in the enchanted ground of my uncle's study. It is true I loved the house, and often felt like a burrowing animal that would rather not leave its hole, but occasionally, even at such times, would suddenly wake the passion for the open air. I must get into it or die. I was well known in the farmyard, not to the men only, but to the animals also. In the absence of human playfellows, they did much to keep me from selfishness. But far beyond it, I took no unfrequent flight, always alone. Neither Martha nor my uncle ever seemed to think I needed looking after, and I'm not aware that I should have gained anything by it. I speak for myself. I have no theories about the bringing up of children. I went where and when I pleased, as little challenged as my uncle himself. Like him, I took now and then a long ramble over the moor, fearing nothing and knowing nothing to fear. I went sometimes where it seemed as if human foot could never have trod before, so wild and waste was the prospect, so unknown it somehow looked. The house was built on the more sloping side of a high hollow just within the moor, which stretched wide away from the very edge of the farm. If you climbed the slope, following a certain rough country road at the top of it you saw on the one side the farm in all the colors and shades of its outspread well-tilled fields on the other side the heath if you went another way through the garden through the belt of shrubs and pines that encircled it and through the wilderness behind that you were at once upon the heath if then you went as far as the highest point in sight wading through the heather among the rocks and great stones which in childhood i never doubted grew also you saw before you nothing but a wide wild level whose horizon was here and there broken by low hills but the seeming level was far from flat or smooth as i found on the day of the adventure i am about to relate i wonder i had never lost myself before I suppose then first my legs were able to wander beyond the ground with which my eyes were familiar It had rained all the morning and afternoon When our last lesson was over and my uncle went out and I betook myself to the barn where I amused myself in the straw By this time Rover must have gone back to his maker for I remember as with me a large respectable dog of the old-fashioned mastiff type who endured me with a patience that amounted almost to friendliness, but never followed me about. When I grew hungry, I went into the house to have my afternoon meal. It was called tea, but I knew nothing about tea, while in milk I was a connoisseur. I could tell perfectly to which of the cows I was indebted for the milk I happened at any time to be drinking. Miss Martha never allowed the milks of the different cows to be mingled. And just as my meal was over the sun shone with sudden brilliance into my very eyes the storm was breaking up and vanishing in the west 
I threw down my spoon and ran hatless as usual from the house the Sun was on the very edge of the hollow I made straight for him the bracken was so wet that my legs almost seemed walking through a brook and my body through a thick rain in a moment I was sopping but to be wet was of no consequence to me not for many years was I able to believe that damp could hurt when I reached the top the Sun was yet some distance above the horizon and I had gone a good way toward him before he went down as he sank he sent up a wind which blew a sense of coming dark the wind of the sunset brings me ever since a foreboding of tears it seems to say your day is done the hour of your darkness is at hand it grew cold and the feeling of threat filled the air all about the grave of the buried sun the clouds were angry with dusky yellow and splashes of gold they lowered tumulus and menacing and then lo they had lost courage their bulk melted off in fierce vapor gold and gray and the sharp outcry of their shape was gone as i recall the airy scene that horizon looked like the void between a cataclysm and the moving afresh of the spirit of god upon the face of the waters i went on and on i do not know why something enticed me or i was plunged in some meditation then absorbing now forgotten not necessarily worthless i am jealous of moods that can be forgotten but such may leave traces in the character i wandered on what ups and downs there were how uneven was the surface of the moor the feet learned what the eyes had not seen all at once i woke to the fact that mountains hemmed me in they looked mountains though they were but hills what had become of home where was it the light lingering in the west might surely have shown me the direction of it but i remember no west nothing but a deep hollow and dark hills i was lost i was not exactly frightened at first i knew no cause of dread i had never seen a tramp even i had no sense of the inimical i knew nothing of the danger from cold and exposure but awe of the fading light and coming darkness awoke in me I began to be frightened and fear is like other live things once started it grows and then first I thought with dismay which became terror of the slimy bogs and the deep pools in them But just as my heart was dying within me I looked to the hills with no hope that from them would come my aid and there on the edge of the sky lifted against it in a dip between two of the hills was the form of a lady on horseback I could see the skirt of her habit flying out against the clouds as she rode had she been a few feet lower so as to come between me and the side of the hill instead of the sky i should not have seen her neither should i if she had been a few hundred yards further off i shrieked at the thought that she did not see me and i could not make her hear me she started turned seemed to look whence the cry could have come but kept on her way and then i shrieked in earnest and began to run wildly toward her i think she saw me that my quicker change of place detached my shape sufficiently to make it discernible she pulled up and sat like a statue waiting me i kept on calling as i ran to assure her i was doing my utmost for i feared she might grow impatient and leave me but at last it was slowly indeed i staggered up to her spent 
my foot caught and as i fell i clasped the leg of her horse i had no fear of animals more than of human beings he was startled and rearing drew his leg from my arms but he took care not to come down on me i rose to my feet and stood panting what the lady said or what i answered i cannot recall the next thing i remember is stumbling along by her side for she made her horse walk that i might keep up with her she talked a little but i do not remember what she said it's all a dream now a far-off one it must have been like a dream at the time i was so exhausted i remember a voice descending now and then as if from the clouds a cold musical voice with something in it that made me not want to hear it i remember her saying that we were near her house and would soon be there i think she had found out from me where i lived all the time i never saw her face it was too dark i do not think she once spoke kindly to me she said i had no business to be out alone she wondered at my father and mother i think i was too tired to tell her i had no father or mother when i did speak she indicated neither by sound nor movement that she heard or heeded what i said she sat up above me in the dark unpleasant and all but unseen a riddle which the troubled child stumbling along by her horse's side did not want solved had there been anything to call light i should have run away from her vague doubts of witches and ogresses crossed my mind but i said to myself the stories about them were not true and kept on as best i could before we reached the house we had left the heath and were moving along lanes the horse seemed to walk with more confidence and it was harder for me to keep up with him i was so tired that i could not feel my legs i stumbled often and once the horse trod on my foot i fell he went on i had to run limping after him at last we stopped i could see nothing the lady gave a musical cry a voice and footsteps made answer and presently came the sound of a gate on its hinges a long dark piece of road followed i knew we were among trees for i heard the wind in them over our heads and then i saw lights in windows and presently we stopped at the door of a great house i remember nothing more of that night End of chapter six